We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And now I'd like to welcome from Bleacher Report lead draft analyst Jonathan Wasserman. Is that officially your title? Is that what we should call you? Um, I'll take it. Okay. Lead draft analyst. Yeah, that's fine. You're that's the good. man. You're the man running the mocks. The man that we're you know we get excited every time you you post on the post a mock draft um, and just ignore the fact that the Wolves pick may or may not convey. I know that's what I'm looking for most. I'm like, all right, what does Wasserman have? this week does he have the Warriors getting the pick or does he have the, the Minnesota <laughs> keeping the pick I know you know when we do these mock drafts it's amazing how many people like forget, they don't even care about the players they're like that team is not gonna you know my team's not gonna pick that high like what, mm. it's not about that really it's you know these mock drafts when you do it this early the exercise is more about projecting the players not necessarily predicting where teams are gonna pick who the hell knows where the teams are gonna pick and then, especially with the lottery so but uh yeah so yeah, as it stands, I mean, the Wolves have a, one of the three worst records. That means 40% chance it doesn't convey, 60% chance it does. Uh, I don't know that they're going to really get themselves out of that hole. So Warrior fans are just going to have to kind of hold their breath uh, whenever it's, you know, ping pong all day. But for the, for the purpose of this exercise, we're going to assume the pick conveys. Um, so I want to I start this. We got the G League bubble coming up this week. Um, and there's been a few stories on the G League recently, just kind of, you know, it's clearly a new route for players to not go through college. So would you mind telling us kind of what you know about it? And if you think um, it's it's like here to stay, we're going to start seeing more and more of these top five, you know, because right now we got Jonathan Kuminga and Jalen Green, who are projected to be top five picks playing for the Ignite. I think that the answer to that question will be answered in the next month. I don't know if this is going to be like the cool trendy thing to do or if we're going to realize like, okay, this is stupid. You know, nobody is watching these games. Um, the fact is that these two guys are going to go high in the draft, right? 
Like right, obviously right. if like Jalen Green suddenly fell or Kaminga fell, then yeah, that would be a bad look for this whole G League Ignite team and this whole idea. But I'm guessing they're going to go high. And I think it really is going to come down to like, how cool does it look? Like, are we, ta- are like these games going on sports center, you know, how, how often are we going to be talking about them? And so, you know, college basketball, it just has more, you're on TV more. I mean, you're on ESPN. They, college basketball is on ESPN like every single night. Right. I don't and, think Zion is regretting the exposure he got at Duke. Yeah, no, totally. And, and, um, and so it's a big difference. I know these games, some of them are going to be ESPN too, but some of them are going to be on like ESPN watch. And I don't know how many people really care about know what that is enough. <laughs> right. Right. For, forget how many people actually subscribe to it and pay for it, but how many people are actually going to go out of their way to yeah. watch two guys on a team that they don't root for. Um, so only like the hardcore draft fans and, and the high school fans and all that stuff. So we'll find out from, from just talking with scouts early because the, first of all, this it's tough because of the pandemic, right? Like these, right. There's only been two scrimmages so far. And like college basketball season is like, we're getting into like March madness next month. We haven't even seen these G league kids yet. And so the scouts are like, well, this is stupid. We I haven't, I haven't, I've seen like clips from two scrimmages and they just recently got released the footage from those two scrimmages, but like how much stock do you put in them? So at this point in time, scouts are like, well, how is this an appealing route? But everything could change in the month. If suddenly like Jalen green and Kaminga are killing it and they're putting on like shows and they're making, you know, ESPN sports center all the time. And so we'll find out. Do you buy this is better for their development? Cause the big thing has been playing up how, you know, in college, you only get 20 hours uh, a week with the team. Um, and here it's like a full basketball academy. And you're not in like, a good system. Yeah. Which shoot. Yeah. And that's the second part of it. It's like college basketball and the pro game are not pretty far apart. Yeah. yeah. I do think it's good. I think that, uh, I mean, you got Brian Shaw coaching the team. You got like NBA guys around you and they're the whole objective from their point of view is to prepare you for the league where in college, that's not the whole objective. Like they're, it's a college coach trying to win games for his job. And, and that's, it's just totally different. So I definitely think the idea is there and they're going to get a lot of good things out of it, whether they play well or not. I'm talking about green Kaminga and Knicks and these other guys. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to simulate an NBA environment and, and like really prep them. And like, it's not just games. There's like, they have to go to like, like tutoring sessions, like uh, about how the NBA works like every week and, mm. and like classes on like, you know, what you do with money and stuff like that. It's so it's really, really all about prepping you to be a pro and, and where college just isn't like that at all. I feel like I could have used classes on what to do with money in college, <laughs> to be honest. So. Actually, that's not even a joke. That's actually serious. Yeah, like, like that would have been nice for me. Um, Thirty-four. I'll take him right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'll take him right now. Um, I, I'm curious if that's their vision for because to me, well, if you're a kid, if you're a Zion, let's say for example, or Lamelo Ball, right? Like a lot of times you you're going to college not because of like you want to get better at basketball. I would think it's just you get to go. It's cool to go to college and then you get to be around you know, women in sports yeah. and, and, and TV. But from a developmental perspective, you're saying that it, it's a lot better to be in Walnut Creek or where the hell these guys are um, to actually learn about real life and sports. Do you think that's sustainable for the future though? Like, do you think, like, let's say for example, who's the, who's the next guy, Moni Bates? Like, is he going to, is he going to say, I'd rather do this versus playing for North Carolina or, or whatever it is? Like how sustainable can it be? Yeah, Michigan State, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, is that, I is that where he's going? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he's committed to Michigan State. Okay, Michigan State. The question okay. is like, is he ever going to actually show up there and play? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it all comes down to the individual. I mean, there's like some guy like Jalen Green. Like, I th- I'm pretty sure he he wanted to be like the first. 
right? I think that was like he was drawn to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, after this happens a couple of years, it, we'll see if it's still trending and still like the hot thing to do. And I think it'll really depend on on again the the publicity these guys get and uh, how often they're you know in, in the public eye and stuff. And I I, I don't know. I really don't. I, I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm really curious to find out how this next month goes. Um, how the draft goes with these guys. I'm, I'm guessing that they don't fall in the draft. But, so let's, um, I guess let, we can get into that. Yeah. Let's talk about both the players because I, I want to preface this with, I've yet to see a mock draft, which doesn't have Cade Cunningham going number one, mm-hmm. um, which and everything I've seen at Oklahoma state, you know, it's pretty much a sure thing. Right. And um, so, so the Warriors definitely aren't going to get a shot at him with the Wolves pick. And then it seems like every mock has Evan Mobley two or three. Uh, so it's very unlikely the Warriors get a shot at that player. So if, if the best case scenario happens and they get the fourth pick or even the fifth pick, it looks like it's between Jalen Green, Jonathan Kuminga, and uh, Jalen Suggs, correct? It seems like that's the like first five, there's separation, and then there's an extra yeah. group of players. In fact, I put out an article yesterday on on like the, you know the buzz I'm hearing, and it's almost like they're talking about there's a top five locked in, which is ridiculous this early. But that's what it seems because the sixth guy, you know, there's a big gap. There's there's just too many questions about number six, and that could be Jalen Johnson from Duke or Zara Williams from Stanford. Uh, but there's a, a significant gap based on what we know about the, the top five guys. Uh, you know, unless unless like one of those G League guys really looks bad, which I, I just I just can't see that happening, given what right. we've seen in the scrimmages. They're like getting the ball the whole game and and. And they're good enough to not like totally screw up as top options. Not go the and, BJ and, Boston route. <laughs> right, right. That's just not I can't possibly see that. Although I'll say I never envisioned what happened with BJ Boston, but that's that's another conversation. But yeah, it seems like there's a, a top five locked in, and it's those guys you mentioned. So let's you're the first person I've seen put Jonathan Kuminga number two. Uh can you tell us why? Can you kind of tell us about him? Because I actually, from what I've seen, I think if I was to guess, he's the player the Warriors would like the most outside of Cade Cunningham, who they won't get a shot at anyway. Yeah, well, I, I have him at three, um, but sorry, so, so <laughs> it's fine. It's so I think Mobley is pretty much locked. I wouldn't say locked in because if the number two team has a star center, then obviously it makes it tough. To yeah, take Warriors Mobley. have one, so they can't draft. They can't draft <laughs> Mobley, you know. Yeah. Yes. Right. So I guess that's another conversation. I expect, in fact, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Kaminga is like, just look at him. He's six, eight, two twenty. Um, I mean, he's just, he, he's built like Paul George and, uh, you know, he's just got that prototypical body for an NBA scoring three, yeah. four, and he's got the ability to create his own shot from everywhere on the court. And he's got, you know, the Carmelo jab step and he's got three point range and he's strong. He'll attack and finish through contact. So he's got like, he's got the scoring skill set to go with the body. And I think if you're looking and if teams are projecting upside, like Jalen Suggs is the higher, higher floor guy. Like you could just hmm. trust Jalen Suggs to make plays, but he doesn't have that. He doesn't scream all-star mismatch score the way Kaminga does. Yeah. Kaminga from what I've seen, which has been just scrimmage footage at this point and then, you know, high school footage. So we'll see in this week from what I've seen, he looks like, he looks better than Patrick Williams looked last year, like more mature, more developed. And he really did. He, he, I, the name I keep thinking of is like, uh, you know, someone who can eventually be like close to like Kawhi Leonard or someone like that. Like, obviously that's best case scenario, but is that the type of wing we're really talking about here? 
I, I got a text from a scout who said, are you hearing any Kawhi comps? Or <laughs> I swear to God, that's what he said. Um, so yeah, physically, that's what he looks like. And that's, you know, his, obviously it's the idea. Best case. <laughs> right. It's, it's the, he's got that skill set where he can score in the mid range and, and score one-on-one and, and hit the three and attack. And he's got the tools to be a good defensive player. But honestly, I'm guessing in terms of like, is he good at defense? We, nobody has seen it. So he hasn't played in over a year. And when he did play, he was on and off the court. He had injuries. Um, and so we haven't seen him in a long time. And so it's hard to like confidently have a take on whether the idea, this is an idea in, uh, or this is like, he's a really good player right now. I like it's a Look, lot of these, a lot of these. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, from the two scrimmages that we saw, he was a really good player. Uh, he scored 20 points in both games pretty efficiently. And the highlights looked like you're watching an NBA player on the floor. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I was wondering if he had a handle too. the, the funny, the best part about Kawhi is always, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be a, a guy like Kawhi coming right. into the NBA. So it's a lot of these guys and you go down the list and I'm looking at like, I'm looking at like Jalen Johnson at number, you have him at number six actually, uh, which I, I feel like the Warriors are going to love, but, uh, but it just feels like a lot, a lot of these guys that come in aren't, they're, they're not expected to be amazing and end up being amazing, which is kind of like the story of what the 2020 NBA draft, which is supposed to be a lot of bad basketball play, or a lot of not so great basketball Project. players. Yeah. Yeah. And then you come in and, and Patrick Williams is playing 30 plus minutes a game and he's not that bad. Like he's actually, right. he's actually pretty good. Um, and, and, and Lomelo ball is like, what did he have last night? Like 35. I watched like half the game. I'm just like, Jesus. Um, and he was supposed to be one of like the lowest floor guys. And, and so, so it's like, it's crazy. And so you could come in here and, and I guess, Jalen Suggs is my favorite player. So I don't know if we want to get there next or Jalen Green next. I think maybe those are the two options. Yeah. Jalen Green. Let's do Jalen Green. Okay. We'll go to Jalen Green. The, the other, the other G <laughs> League player. Um, everyone has seen the the high school highlight dunk. Kobe. Like he, yeah, Kobe. it's it's just uh, I mean, he's a high, he's a YouTube, YouTube prodigy <laughs> in that recent, right? So he's a crazy he's a crazy athlete. Like yeah. he it, it doesn't how, how look- crazy. How crazy. Like, like like a plus. I mean, I don't know how you rate athleticism, but I don't think you get better. You don't you don't get better. There's not like I can't think of an NBA athlete I where I can say. confidently say, oh yeah, he's wow. a better athlete than Jalen. He's wow. that and, and Zach Levine type of hops, right? Yeah, I mean, athleticism is a broad term, right? There's a it's like an umbrella, and then underneath the umbrella is quickness and bounce and coordination and all that. Like Shane Larkin, you know, won the best athlete at the combine, but we don't think of him as like a great athlete, right? Right. So. <laughs> So, so Jalen Green is is like has it all quickness, and then the explosiveness, and then how high he can get. Um, but he also, I think, the selling point and why he's moved up, why he moved up high school rankings, and why he's potentially a top two three pick, is his his game is really caught up. His skills have caught up, like handling, creating his own shot, um, big time pull up shooter, which I, gets you into trouble a little bit, like we see with Anthony Edwards. But at the same time, if you're hot. And you can pull up from anywhere. You can score 30 any game. It's unguardable. Mm-hmm. And so he's got that in his game. And I think now the question with him is, can he do it efficiently within the flow of an offense? And if that was my big concern with Anthony Edwards. And I'm going to continue probably throughout the rest of the year, throw them in the same conversation because they're the same type of talents um, and guys who you know are going to be productive in the NBA. And I, I compared Anthony Edwards to Zach Levine all season. And it's just guys, you know, who are going to be 20 point scores, but is it going to be like the good 20 points or the shitty 20 points where, right. where there's a lot Andrew of you know, the ball sticks right. So early in Wiggins career. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the idea with Jan Green. Like there's no doubt in my mind. He's going to produce. 
I was actually, it's funny you mentioned Anthony Edwards because that's what I was, um, I was going to ask you comparing him as a prospect. Do you, do you like Jalen Green more coming out of high school than he did Anthony Edwards? Is he higher regarded as a prospect or is it pretty much the same? It's pretty close. I mean, uh, you know, I, Anthony Edwards started the year number one overall for me last year. Um, and then LaMelo quickly moved to number one, like in 12 games and that was it. And then, and then Edwards turned me off throughout the year. And I think Edwards finished number four on my board. So I had a lot of questions with him and, mm-hmm. and also just doing your background on him. Not a lot of good things you hear in terms of like his professionalism, not like a bad guy is not going to get in trouble off the court or anything, but in terms of professionalism, there are a lot of questions. Jalen Green, there's not many questions really about that. I think there's a perception that he wants to be like a movie star. He's flashy. <laughs> um, you know, he loves the camera and, and, and he plays it cool and, and um, he's going to love the highlights and stuff like that. But, but uh, I don't have as many questions in terms of like on the floor. His shot selection is not as bad. And, and he does have some playmaking potential. Right? I can't ever see Anthony Edwards being like a high assist guy. Green has the chance to, to, to at least get you, you know, four or five assists a game, I think, in his career. Wow. Like a solid secondary playmaker, like maybe like a Donovan Mitchell in terms of creation or something. Or like, like, like Levine this year. I mean, Levine has been actually, I keep going back to Levine, but like, what is he averaging? Like 25 and five assists or something like that? Yeah, he's 25, five and five. It's kind of surprising because like, I've kind of always had him as like the um, empty stats guy, but it's, I don't know if they're so empty this year. Right. So eventually like it, it could change, but the team that drafts him probably is not going to get those results. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless, I guess, unless it's the, the Warriors, although, although what the Warriors even draft Jalen Green, I guess is another question. Have you heard, maybe I'll, I'll ask this um, since we've heard you on, on multiple, each of these players now, is there someone that the Warriors like, is there certain people that the Warriors like to draft? Because we have this take that, Oh Yeah. You look like you're ready. To no, I, I don't know. I, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, is there like a, do they have like a type? We asked this. Yes. Yes. We asked this because we think Fluent in Mandarin that, <laughs> that the Warriors have a type where they would rather draft someone that's probably higher floor, lower ceiling, but someone that has less questions off the court. And I think, and I know you said Jalen Brown has less questions than Anthony Edwards, but I think Jalen Brown probably has more questions off the court than someone, let's say, for example, Jalen Johnson. And I think that Jalen Suggs, God, there's a lot or, of Jalen or such or, or Johnson, maybe or Johnson, maybe, but yes, yeah, yeah, there's three of these Jalen's out here, by the way, because I think Jalen Johnson does seem like a, like a really like cerebral guy. I, I could be wrong, but we're talking like, about Jalen Suggs with Jalen, Jalen Johnson on Duke. Yeah. So there's actually a lot of questions about him. All about him too. Yeah. Yes. It's only Jalen Suggs guys. I guess it's just Suggs. Suggs has no if, questions. It feels like to me that they would rather go for that guy. Like someone that just has less questions, but maybe Par- paraphrasing Andy's point. It seems to us <laughs> that the warriors may uh, put too much stock into the interview sure. and maturity. And um, it makes all the sense in the world because this organization has had like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Yeah. They haven't really, they kind of inherited, you know, one of the most like professional mature teams ever. They haven't really dealt with, let's just say typical Gen Z kids Yeah, to be able to decipher, you know, what's a, what's a real red flag and what is just an 18 year old being an 18 year old. Yeah. And, and also, you know, you just look at the makeup of the roster and right. And you throw in Draymond in there. Like I always said, like, can you imagine Anthony Edwards going to golden state with Draymond? Like Draymond would kill him. You know, be honest, asked constantly for like, you know, dribbling for 20 seconds and then launching a 25 footer. Um, and so I, I definitely think that they do put extra stock into character and all that stuff. 
Um, and some teams are a little more desperate than others. And, and I don't think the Warriors are as desperate as certain teams. So they'll, they'll value character and, and a guy who can, you know, be in the locker room with the pros because they're all pros. Right. And Wiseman's a good, like Wiseman had a good reputation yep. Yep. For, for, for being a, a, a good guy. And it's, it's not fake, by the way. Steph and Draymond really do like him. They, like, they're very committed to what he, what they think he can be in a year or two, um, you know, helping them out, kind of like they've always wanted a big man. So it's not a, um, it, it's not just management. Sometimes I feel like there's this idea that it might be just, you know, Bob Myers and Steve Kerr overvaluing it. I don't know that Steph or Draymond want to deal with uh, <laughs> with an 18, 19 year old, you know, like the same way, no, no veteran, you know, like, point. you know, like LeBron didn't really want to deal with that either. Right. So he doesn't deal with it. He doesn't want to deal with any 18 year old. Actually, Get off. <laughs> give me Kevin Love. Give me, give so, me Love. All right. So I have a question for you guys. So okay. any what are you feeling right now in terms of do you wish they took LaMelo? Or are you happy with Wiseman? I have this written on the rundown for you. So um, uh, I am, I guess I'll go first since I just cut Andy off. (laughs) Uh, I am okay with it right now, but every time I watch LaMelo, it's raising my expectations for Wiseman. And it's making me like Wiseman just being a very good defender and rim runner is not going to be acceptable for me anymore. Like that <laughs> shot needs to come around. Clint Capella is not okay. Yeah. And it's like, and like maybe before the draft, I'd be like, yeah, if you can get a starting caliber, like rim running defensive center, that's probably as good as you're going to do in this draft. But now that I know that they passed on a player who looks like he could be a superstar or looks yeah. like could be a foundational piece. Um, it just raises the expectations for Wiseman. I I think I think there's a I think it's early and I think Warriors fans are impatient and I think even if Lamelo was on this team I think Warriors fans may just say why don't we just trade him for Bradley Beal like <laughs> well, like why 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 do we why do we ben need Simmons. this guy to, or Sim yeah, yeah I mean I would rather have Simmons than than Beal I don't know about you but actually I do know about you um, <laughs> but it's like I, I think there's just a lot of that I think the Steph Curry Draymond Green Clay Thompson timeline has made Warriors fans insane I mean me included. It's it's there's only so much you can wait for, right? Like I think Jonathan, I think you you probably had noted many times, like Wiseman is not going to be that guy year one or year two or year three, like it I may ne- be year four. I I never pictured, and you know, if you follow me for the past year, I've been pretty critical of Wiseman yeah. just based on what the expectation said. I never he finished number six on my board, so it's not like I thought he was a scrub. You were the least though on him. I I, I did see that uh, versus some other people. And honestly, he's been better than I thought he would be this early, particularly like shooting. I I mean, I I was surprised that he was, I mean, I think it's good that they gave him the green light to shoot the three, but like, I didn't think that was going to be part of his shot, his repertoire this early. Um, But come on, I've had, I had LaMelo ball number one since like his third game in the NBL and just picturing him in golden state where it would be so easy for him. He wouldn't have to, he wouldn't have to score 34 points. He just, his passing just get, make the game easier for the other guys around him. And maybe take some pressure off Steph in terms of like, you know, attacking and dribbling. Shot creation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Steph's like the best off screen shooter like I've ever seen. And the relocate, I mean, it would have just been such a good fit. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I kind of feel good about my, my takes, but, you know, from the draft. But I will say Wasman's been better than, than what I thought he'd be this early. You, I, would ag- I would agree with that. Do you think that Wiseman could become, like I think the defensive 
Like he could be a defensive player of the year player. I think most people would would agree on that. Or he could just at least be a first or second team all defense. Then the question for me is like, do you really think he can become a 20 point per game score? Um, like an efficient score. And that's from both, that's from the three-point line too, right? Like if he scores 20 points per game and he shoots 20% from three, then it's like, I don't know. But if, if he's something like an Anthony Davis super light and he can score 20 points a game and he shoots 37% from three, like do you think he can get there seeing what he's done today? I think he, if you give him enough touches, he can, but I don't know if he's the type of guy you want to give all those touches to. And he's, and he's not, I think he's shooting like 35% in the post. And yeah, yeah, he can make, he can make threes, but is that, when is, is that going to be like a regular thing? I mean, you know, he doesn't shoot them every game and, and yeah. I think he's making like fewer than one and I guarantee his percentage drops from here on out. But uh, right. He's shooting 62% from the line. He's just not a very sharp, shot creator but of course when you're seven one and you move like him and you have the wingspan you're you're going to get easy buckets by accident just by being in the game sure. and especially if you have good players around you to to get you the ball in, in good spots like he has in golden state that yeah he's the, he could average 20 a game but do you want to do you want your offense to revolve around yeah. a guy in the half court like that like in today's league i mean i don't i just you know maybe if you're Embiid, but i just don't think his skill is anywhere close to what Embiid's was coming out of college and what it yeah. is now and B was ready to, he was ready in the same post thing like, college. Like, like when we think about the, like the centers who are the number one options and stuff like Towns, like Towns is just so much more fluid and skilled away from the basket. And, and even inside, like, you know, we see Wiseman, I mean, he's not even shooting a great percentage around the basket relative to his size. Right. I, th- I think he's at like, I did something the other day. I think he's like 56%, which is like what some of the guard rookies are. Did you did you see at a hands problem or is that maybe something that's hopefully fluky? Dude, I've been writing about his hands problem. <laughs> high school. That was always my biggest criticism. He has bad hands in traffic. And in fact, one of my a scout I talked to with Golden State, who was actually very high on him, I was like, his hands in traffic are not good, and he he misses. You know, there, at this time there wasn't a lot of sample size of games, but from what I saw, like every game there'd be like one or two missed opportunities for an easy basket that he should have had, and you're just like, how did you not dunk that? And so, yes, hand, bad hands is a thing that's carried, that's been from high school till now. But of course, you kind of forget about it when he throws down a dunk from four feet above the rim. Right. He's such a monster physically. But there are plays where you're like, wait, he should, those are two points he should have had. What, what did the scout counter with when he mentioned his hands? Not much. He just, well, I, can't, I can't do anything. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk is going to override me. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. No, he was a, he was a, believer in uh in Wiseman that's pretty much what he said that he he liked him a lot more than I did but um but yeah the hands thing is real that's it, it it's he's not great with him I want to ask you one Lamelo question because my my um my trepidation with him pre-draft was like I watched a few of the NBL game or yeah NBL games and you know he just had the ball in his hand the whole time didn't really try on defense didn't do anything a lot of stuff that screamed like not real basketball in, in some ways to me, I've been surprised with both his effort level and kind of, you know, I mean, he's a rookie, so it's not great, but like he's playing some level of defense and there is hustle there and stuff that doesn't involve the ball. Does that surprise you? Um, does it surprise me? Especially for a rookie, no. I guess is where I'm at. It so. doesn't surprise me. I thought the whole, the defensive effort thing was overblown and, I think it's always overblown that, that defensive effort. Like we used to say Sim, like Ben Simmons in college, like he's not even trying. Right. Well, right. Yeah. yeah that's annoying. That he's not trying, but his, his like sense of urgency is going to go up when he's in the NBA. And so I think that's what happened with Lamella. And even one of the things that surprised me most with Lamella, what I liked the most is that he didn't try and come in and be a superstar. He wanted to, 
he wanted to kind of prove to his teammates that like I'm not an asshole. Like here, like I'm gonna get you the ball. And he he let, I mean, he would I think he was second in assist in the NBL and he played 12 games, but he made a pretty good effort to get guys around him involved before looking for his own shot. Now he still has the tendency to to want to take one of those hero jumpers, but he his strength is setting up teammates. And I mean, how many Miles Bridges highlights have I seen this year? I don't I forgot he was <laughs> still relevant. Thought he was in the league. He just he, right. He just he uh he obviously has a strength where he can create easy shots for teammates. And I think he kind of wants to earn the respect of some of the guys around him. And, and I think he's done that. It feel it feels like to me that the Warriors, if they had known this, and I'm sure they had from a talent perspective that they mostly just picked a guy that they thought would not be a problem off the court. It, it, yeah, it feels and, that way. And also the, the whole fit thing, like, I'm not the biggest fan of drafting for fit and kind of my argument why the Warriors throughout the season shouldn't draft Wiseman is because you could probably pay Willie Cauley Stein, you know, $3 million well, a year to, to catch and dunk. I'm not, I mean, that's a bad, that's a being hard. That one hurts. That one hurts. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like yes, he's yeah, not, he's not yes. like the focal point of an offense. Right. He's right. there to, to get you the easy baskets to finish off the plays, to run the floor, uh, you know, put backs and stuff like that. Um, and you could just, there's just more of Wiseman's out there. There's not many yeah. guys like Lamella. Yeah. Yeah. You can find a competent starter for a mid level exception at, at the center position, not yeah, so much I, at the. Uh... I apologize for calling Stein. That was harsh. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that one hurt. We were all in. No, nah, no, nah, we were not really. We, were, we weren't all in. Do you think Justin Jessup is the next Gordon Hayward? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean like he's, he's, did you know who he was did you know like did you have him like in the second like no but i mean he played four years in college so i mean he averaged like i don't know senior year he had 15 a game or so but he's he's a he's a good cheer i mean he's he's a he's i think he buried like over over two threes a game like every every year at boise state Sad so, state of affairs in the Warriors land. It's is our 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 third best shooter on the team. Actually, no, our second best the second best shooter on the team is currently not on the team. He's playing in Australia, so <laughs> so that that's how it's going for the Warriors this season because they don't care about shooting. I'm just I'm just happy that they drafted someone who might be able to shoot as opposed to uh, Jacob Evans and Jordan Poole and players who supposedly could shoot but actually can't. Um, yeah. Turns out when you shoot 35 percent in college, it doesn't translate. Shocking. <laughs> Um, I want to let's talk Jalen Suggs before um, since we didn't get to him earlier. So he's anyone who's watched college basketball season like Gonzaga. Am I right in saying they're um, they're like a tier above everyone else? And I I think think, them and Baylor. But yeah, uh the two of those teams are ahead of everyone else. And Suggs has just been kind of electric. Like anytime you watch him, there's some there's a wow factor with some of his plays there. So my question for you is he's not. they're such a good team. He's not being asked to do, let's just say what Anthony Edwards did last year, or what some of these other guys where they're in mediocre situations, but have a ton of usage. How much upside is there in Jalen Suggs? Cause it's, it's clear he's going to be a good player, but is there like true star upside? I think there is. And if you're buying it, you're buying the intangibles. I think that plays a role in, in the star upside because he's not skill wise, even athletically, well, he's, he's a damn good athlete, but I think when you, you're looking at him, like he's not, there's not one thing he does that's so amazing. He's just a very well-rounded player and he makes those winning plays. And so one scout to me compared him to Russell Wilson, like Seahawks quarterback, the football player, like that type of guy who just like has the it factor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think Suggs has it. Suggs was also uh, the 
football player of the year in Minnesota. He was a quarterback in high school and was the oh. best, the best quarterback in Minnesota. Like so, he has such good feel. That makes sense he, now. Yeah, and so makes um, sense. he's just like a, an athlete. He's just like a stud athlete. I he's the type him. of guy you could be like, I bet you this kid would win like the ping pong championships. Like he's just good at everything, and it translates <sighs> when he's got the ball in his hands. I love he him. Makes big plays. And one of the things I said recently, and I, and I, I was like, yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. He could double as like your lead guard star, but he could also he could double as like the energizer for your team because he plays so hard. Like the other day, he made they're playing Pacific and they were up like twenty, and there was like a couple minutes left, and he's like battling on the offensive glass for these rebounds at six four, and just like he's just like such a hard working player and, and smart player and, and toughness and all that stuff. All those cliche buzzwords. Right. Um, he's got them all. <laughs> but he's also gotten better as like a, ba- a basketball player and like somebody who can be your lead guard and, and run pick and roll and get guys involved and catch fire. He's seven threes against Iowa and he's, you know, he's tough and physical on his finishes, but he could play off the ball too. I don't think, I think teams with point guards should still consider Suggs because he'll, He'll play off the ball. He's a very good cutter, and he finds like spots away from the ball to put himself in, in position to score. And so he's just a, a as well rounded as a player as you can get. Aside from Kate Cunningham, so the two of them are just tough to find a real hole in their game. Can he be a thirty eight percent shooter, three point shooter in the NBA? What is he uh, shooting at? Like thirty six? I think it's a little lower than I thought. But. Yeah, and it's not the highest volume. But um, if you're looking, if you were like to look at Jalen Suggs take a jumper for the first time, you'd be like, okay, that guy I could shoot. That's and what I got, thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the form it's, looks looks fine yeah. to me. Yeah, he looks fine. It's okay. it's certainly not any red flag, and and there are a lot of guards who were taking top five who had a lot worse looking jumpers than him. Yeah, it's my Is favorite he, player in the draft. I, not that I've seen Jalen Green or Kaminga or, or all these guys that much, but I just I love Suggs. He just seems like a perfect warrior, especially a guy off the bench. Yeah, I you just could I, a, you could take him. I mean, I wouldn't pass on Cade, but he's like the the guy who you say you could take him anywhere on the board, and it's not a bad pick. Yeah, I was Cade's. Kate's got pretty much every one of the same qualities, but four inches taller. So that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nice. Um, what I was going to say, and I feel pretty confident saying if he, if the Warriors, the Wolves pick conveys in the right spot, yeah. it's very hard to imagine the Warriors passing on Suggs yeah. if he's available, but we don't know where that pick will be. Or, you know, I could easily see someone taking him third, you know, yeah. cause he's got, he's got yeah. just such a. Um, so root for, root for Kaminga to play well in the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so my so my question, for, my my next question on Suggs. Okay, he's six four. Um, is he? Who's taller, him or Jalen Green? Who's bigger at this point? They look to me. I I just can't place if they're like six three ish or closer to six five. I think they're listing uh, Green at six six. I thought Green was the wing. Yeah, six six. Oh wow. If they were the if Green was six uh, four, that'd be crazy. <laughs> he's that yeah, athletic. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen them like stay next to each other, um, but. They're listing green. They're saying the, the, the night team saying green six six and Suggs has been consistently listed around six four. Okay. Um, if you were so you you have these three ranked as uh Kuminga, then Suggs, then Green. Is that correct? Personally, I have one. Suggs. Personally, I've my top five is Cade one, Mobley two, Suggs three, Kuminga four, Green five. And is that based on what you think or what you think NBA teams will do. No, that's my personal top five. Okay. I think, I think, I think there's a chance that in the latest mock draft I did, I have Kaminga going over Suggs just because Kaminga's game screams upside a lot more right. than Suggs. However, 
Suggs may interview and the team is just like, okay, we're not passing on this kid, no matter what pick we get. Warriors. Such a star. <laughs> Warriors all over him. He's an easy fit. There are questions about Kaminga and, and he's got to answer them in the bubble about, well, first off, they, scouts have seen the least amount of Kaminga of any of these guys. Sure. And then there's uh, his game is not, you know, you can be turned off by his game. He plays a lot of one-on-one. Um, he'll take quick shots. He'll, he'll settle. Uh, and try and show off with those hero jumpers. And he's not like a high assist guy. You know, he's not somebody who's going to set up teammates often. And, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm not putting too much stock in defensive effort in high school because like there aren't scouts watching you and you're the star. You probably the also don't need to try that hard to lock. Yeah, guys yeah, it's, not, to, it's, not like, it's not like the coaches, it's not like Kaminga's high school coach is going to be like, we're going to bench you if you don't play harder on the next defensive position. <laughs> Bob, Bob Knight out here. No, that's, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm not really worried about that, but he's got to, those are just questions he's got to answer. And do you, do you think that the Warriors would draft Scotty Barnes at number two, number th- number four? <laughs> <laughs> and I only ask that because look, I, I don't know all the all the players, and Sam knows a lot more than I do. I only pick and choose which ones I watch. And I looked up Scotty Barnes, and I was like, "Oh, this is a guy that the Warriors would love." Um, I compared to Draymond. Could... Yeah, yep. I see that here. I see, <laughs> and so I thought it was funny. And I was looking at like kind of Iguodala, maybe a little bit, just guys that Warriors love because they can't shoot but are extremely <laughs> smart. Like... <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, he's he's definitely gonna like. He's 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 going to win a lot of people over, and and even his concerns and limitations and stuff are obvious. Like everybody knows that he's not a good shooter. He's not somebody who's going to create his own shot in the half court. Um, so it's hard to see any real scoring upside with Barnes. Like he's never going to be somebody who averages twenty points a game. It's a great ball mover, though. But we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's going to go high in the draft because he, he makes smart, good passing plays. Um, you know, at 6'9", he's the guy who leads Florida State in assists, and he's the guy who picks up full court defensively. He's just a very unique player, and that type – his strengths translate. The question is, is he going to improve on his weaknesses, like shooting right. and creating his own shot? And I don't know, but at the end of the day, he's somebody who is, is going to make – he's going to pass, he's going to uh, – defend and those are two strands to translate and hold value look no one's perfect even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded the best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line so if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes it's perfectly okay but if it's bothering you there are options go to roman 
Roman.com slash light years now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash lightyears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Last question that I want to get into. We've talked about the top five. Let's let's go to the next group because there's a real chance this Wolves pick conveys six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere yeah. like that. So if who throw some names at us that you think the Warriors would consider in that next group of players should the Sam, pick Sam, Sam just made my question better by asking that because I brought up Scotty Barnes thinking that. So. Yes, I mean Zaire Williams from from Stanford. Okay, is the guy who jumps out fit as the best player available and then a good fit for Golden State. He's a probably more of a three than a four, but I don't really think it matters in Golden State system. He's six eight and forget the shooting percentage. Like one of those guys where you ignore the percentage. He's clearly a shooter. He's been a shooter since high school, hmm. and, uh, and and not only is it just like catch and shoot, it's step backs, it's pull ups, it's off screen. I mean, he's just a very versatile shot maker, and uh, it's ultra it's, skinny. He seems like someone skinny. who may take two plus. Like it's like the Brandon Ingram thing where you're like, he he needs to eat some food and you know get a little stronger before any of this works in the NBA. Sure, and one of the reasons why he's also in the second, like where Ingram was like you know number two pick. I think I think Williams is going to stay in that second tier because of, or at least Ingram showed more one-on-one ability. Right. Um, Williams like doesn't get to them. I think he averages like two free throw attempts per game, and he's just not somebody who takes contact, likes contact. Six, he prefers eight, to. Two. He's just a, he's a perimeter guy, but he's so good around the perimeter that I think mm-hmm. he can make a lot of money off that one skill. And in Golden State. He wouldn't have the pressure to create. He wouldn't have to like get to the free throw line and, and attack constantly. He could just kind of play off the talent around him and capitalize on the jump shot opportunities he gets. And I think with his jump shot, he could be a very consistent shooter and, and skilled perimeter score. And also Stanford, he's damn, he's a smart kid. I was going to say that's probably Joe, Joe, excuse me, Joe, Bob and Steve probably love that. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to kill interviews and bright kid with uh, come with a tie. Yeah. What about uh what about Jalen Johnson? You mentioned some of the off the court stuff. It's pretty well documented. He like did he leave one or two high schools where no one really he, he didn't left, disclose why. He left high school, then he went to IMG, and then he never ended up playing at IMG. And then he went back and there's 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 questions just about his uh I don't want to say commitment. I think just more professionalism. And you can see he could be a little bit of a hothead on the floor. And uh, some might actually see that kind of as a turn on as opposed to a turn <laughs> off because like he'll get you like he'll get you a technical foul, but he's also like a badass, you know, he'll like right. dunk it and then it stare you down for five seconds. Um, so to the, depending on who's picking, somebody can see that as like something they like. 
He's a little bit of a point forward, right? Like, I feel like when I've watched him, the thing that stood out for me is feel in terms of passing more than any specific scoring ability. Yeah, the, the differentiator for him is he's a, a point, he's a, a playmaking four is the, is the term, I guess, that you use in the NBA that he projects as. A guy who, if he gets a defensive rebound, he's not giving it to a point guard. He's taking it up himself, and he can pass on the move. He's got that, that live dribble passing ability, which is very valued, I think, in today's league. But again... You can't shoot. And so that's the biggest question. How high <laughs> how high is your ceiling in the NBA if no. you can't shoot? I was gonna ask this was my next question. Do you think shooting is, is underrated in the draft? Corey Kispert's the best the best shooter in the draft, right? He uh, might be the best shooter in like the past ten drafts. <laughs> why is he numbers are crazy? Why is he tenth then if he's the best shooter in the past decade? Because I think people are questioning just, whether he not anything else translates. I mean, he's not yeah. much of an, he's not much of an athlete, he's not much of a creator. But he's so damn good at just catching shooting off screens and off spot ups and transition. And he shoots 90% of the free throw line. It's like Jesus. the most certain, certain. Yeah, Andy, thing. are you taking Kyle Corver in the top five? You know, I like, look, man, I look. Ah. Right. So, like, right, <laughs> I don't. Nobody's going to reach for him, but I think he's the type of player. Like, I don't think you go into the draft if you're a top team and, like, I, we need to get Kispert. But you're like, okay, if he falls to me at nine, I'll take him. But maybe, maybe if there's enough questions about Jalen Johnson being, hey, he's not that athletic, doesn't have, you know, he has some of these off-the-court issues. Uh, maybe he's not that great of a player, whatever, right? Those things that you just mentioned, maybe you're saying, I'd rather just get a guy that I know can be a scorer. Listen, maybe Cam, someone right. Cam Johnson went, what, 11 in the yeah. draft? Yeah. And Andrew Neesmith last year went, went in the lottery. Um, so, yeah, the shooting is valued enough to get you a late lottery pick. Okay. A late line. Once, I don't know once if it's you get past enough. the uh, the high upside guys, yeah. Once uh, those flashy names are off the board, then you're good. Okay. But I, I can't see like a top team taking Kispert. He's also a he's going to be 22 at the time of the draft. So he's ready to play. The Warriors need someone that's ready to play right now. Yeah, Roll, relax. <laughs> I'm um, trying. I'm trying to get us on the. All right. Well, um, <laughs> anyone else we should mention in that in that second group? We've talked about Jalen Johnson. Uh, Andy brought up Scotty Barnes, um, Zaire yeah, Williams. I mean, actually, so I think maybe. Maybe the best fit of all is Moses Moody from Arkansas. And so I am um, a shooter. I, I, he's the, the classic three. And I mean, he's, he's Devin Vassell of, of this past draft mm. and who I thought Golden State um, really liked. Uh, I was told he, they really liked him and as a trade down guy, if that yep. would end up yep. being the case. And Moody is much better than Vassell was his freshman year. He's averaging 16 points on pretty efficiently on a 45%, 38% from three. 6'6", he played with Cade Cunningham in college, in, in high school, I should say, and Scotty Barnes together at Montferrat Academy. And uh, he's the type of guy who scores 16 points a game officially, and he doesn't take any isolation dribbles and no pick and rolls. Everything is spot-up, cutting, off-ball stuff, everything. And yeah, I was gonna, love an offense. I was going to say, I watched, I watched uh, one Arkansas game, and I was like, this guy looks like Clay Thompson, where it's like, I think he may have put the ball on the floor two times but he was getting a bunch of layoffs off cuts and just got just very oh, Steve's not love that. Yeah. yeah. He's going to fit in anywhere and uh, he won't take any uh, touches and dribbles away from the top guys. And my yes. question, my question with him was more like, I wasn't, sh- I have such a hard time with, with college unless a guy pops, like if he has the athleticism to defend and kind of do this at a higher level. So. Yeah. I mean, he's got, uh, from what I hear, he's, he's, he's got, there's no red flags with him. And uh, he's strong, I think, like over 200 pounds and 6'6". And he defends well in college. And he was known as a 
a defensive guy at uh, Montverde Academy, and there's no reason to suggest that he's not going to be a, a, a serviceable defender. I guess you. Know, I guess I forgot about the Warriors having their first round pick if they if it if they don't have to give it up to the uh, to the Thunder, but I. I didn't cross I my would, mind there. I would bet anything <laughs> that if they somehow ended up in that range where they're giving it up, Steph will have a fake injury the last three games of the regular season. <laughs> so they fall, they, it falls to like 19 or 20, you know? Yeah, I forgot about that. So, so, so I guess the Warriors will have two shots at this thing. Well, maybe two shots at this thing to show us that they actually are able to scout. Uh, scout college high school players because that is a question, Jonathan. As you mentioned that the Warriors were super high on Wiseman, but uh, as you were telling them, you know, like you were telling them that they had bad hands and they didn't listen. You think you can get a? You think you can get a contract with the Warriors? Maybe they'll pay more than a. <laughs> uh, see, I, I don't think they give a shit what I think. <laughs> no, I'm not, that's not, that's not true. They, I think they they do. And teams like they'll do like I'm, I'm not. I'm, I promise you, I'm not trying to brag here. But teams reach out to me all the time. Like, what do you think sure. of this guy? I'm sure they do it with. A million other people too sure. you know it's it's just i think when you're a scout your job is i always say it's not a scout you're a detective and like your job right. is to go out and get as many opinions as much mm. information as possible and then you do what you want those opinions and, and information but uh but yeah i get asked all the time from, from teams what i think whether or not they agree or give a shit what i think is another question but they ask me at least it's one of the first things I that surprised you. me. Yeah, it's like I didn't realize how much teams kind of crowdsource media people. In this case, like people who specialize in the draft, but how much they do that. And then when you think about it, it's like it's very common sense. Like at minimum, why would you not ask for the opinion, right? Right. They don't have to take it. They, they, who cares? Whether they, they value it is a different question. Right. But. Maybe I have like a tidbit of information that they didn't. You know, that's kind of what they're what they're going for. I think. Who do you think is the best scouting department in the NBA? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lakers, dude. Lakers up there, Toronto. I don't know, and I don't know every scout from yeah, every. That's, that's yeah, fair. I mean, that's Toronto, fair. Has, Toronto is a very good yeah. reputation, obviously. And yeah. then the other question is like, you don't know who's the one making the calls. I mean, the GM right. obviously at the end of the day gets the credit, but <laughs> uh, but he doesn't go like you don't see many GMs at college games. Right? It's the scouts right. who go to yeah. games, and then they give the information and then they watch film together. But you don't know who's driving the decision-making process. Right. The, the GM at the end of the day says, okay, we're going to go with this guy that we as a collective group agreed on. But like, there could be one scout in the, in the department who's like really, really pushing hard for prospect A, and, and, and he doesn't get the credit that the GM does. Jerry West gets all the credit. Uh, he still does, actually, uh, to this day for the Warriors. <laughs> Anytime the Warriors mess well, up. Well, maybe it should have been Travis Schlenk more so because they yeah. left about the same time, and that's when the uh... – well, they they just uh, struck out on many drafts in a row. So. <laughs> uh, now the Warriors don't know what they're doing. So, all right, I, th- I think we'll end it there, Jonathan. Really appreciate your time. And uh, is there anything you want to plug? Um, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners yeah. checked out your most recent mock. But do you have anything coming up you want to tell them about? No, I mean same <laughs> the, the usual stuff. Nothing, uh, nothing exciting or new coming up. Just draft content all year. We're, 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 we're pins and needles for every single mock draft that comes out. <laughs> Literally, it, it is kind of it is kind of fun being able to root for a team who's trying to make the playoffs while also having, uh, you know, being able to you know kind of keep your eye on the draft content too because they they have a pick that could be in the top five. So I'm a, I'm a Knicks guy, and part of me like isn't mad that they suck all the time because I'm talking about like draft right. picks like that the Knicks should go after, and, and so 
Manuel, quickly, you have him in your top three rookie. You have him at three. I was wondering why he was up there. I guess your Knicks fan makes sense. Nah, well, I mean, he's been awesome. He has been those, Yeah, those, those, those been rookie good. rankings, the rookie rankings are like how good they are now, not like mm -hmm. if I were to do a redraft, they wouldn't take quickly third. <laughs>